Hour number three, we're back with you. It's the Plank Show right here. Josh Elmer alongside Travis Davidson, Connor Pasby back in studio. This the home of Sooner fans, and we are hanging out today with some of our great partners, great sponsors, United Way of Norman, their golf tournament this, uh, this morning into the afternoon from right here at Westwood Park. The United Way Hotter Than Heck Golf Tournament presented by Cavens Group. And uh, obviously United Way of Norman do, uh, does, is doing, and does a bunch of great things for the, uh, the city of Norman, whether it be education. Uh, you know, we heard from Darren Wilson earlier. They're going to put backpacks uh, on uh, hundreds, thousands of students uh, coming up tomorrow. That's uh, something annually that United Way of Norman does, and uh, giving back to the community is uh, obviously the, the key charge. Welcome in. It's our number three. One of the uh, cool things this morning was Joe Castiglione right here on the home of Sooner fans, stopping by to chat with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. And, uh, of course, Joe C. teased it that uh, there would be big news on the way. And sure enough, we got said big news. The uh, announcement, the unveiling of a couple opponents in uh, 2024, finalized Houston and Maine. Josie uh, had had a bunch of uh, interesting thoughts. He shared just uh, his general excitement for the the season ahead, and uh, he shared some thoughts on the moving and shaking of realignment. Uh, obviously, uh, the the latest moves, the dominoes that have fallen. The important thing for OU Travis is Joe Castiglione. He's he's done his job in this regard, right? He's finalized the schedule, which I'm I'm sure was maybe a little uh, stress inducing, hair pulling to try and get everything ironed out for 2024 and beyond. But uh, obviously in the, the here and now, coming up next season in 24, and then just the financial future for Oklahoma. OU in this uh, game of shuffling around that is college sports right now, OU secure. And, uh, I mean, that's – you tell me, what's the legacy for Joe Castiglione? There's a lot of them. It's a decorated legacy at the University of Oklahoma. But uh, probably when we get – 10, 15, 20 years, however many years you want to forecast down the road, one of the big parts of Josie's legacy, right, will be Oklahoma to the SEC. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think of, you know, the, just the year 2024 in general being such a, a monumental year for the sport, a transformative year for the sport, I mean, yeah, absolutely. A lot of it can be pointed to that, Josie was the one that kicked it all off, you know, by essentially, you know, it's been widely reported that they were upset with the Nebraska coverage, you know, the Nebraska schedule being at 11 a.m. They basically sent a lot of warning shots to the Big 12 and then said, hey, Texas, let's get out of here. So, I mean, it can all be traced back to one Joseph Castiglione that all of this is happening, that USC and UCLA move, that the Big 12 has added eight teams that the Pac-12 is dead in the water. I mean, all of it can be pointed back to Joe C. But you also have to consider, I mean, he's overseen massive, massive winning programs, not only the hiring of Bob Stoops, but, I mean, how about Patty Gasso hiring? I mean, it completely changed the face of, of softball in the U.S. Oklahoma has done that. I mean, you look at gymnastics, how dominant they've been under him. I mean, you look at just undergoing new renovations and big projects and things like that. I mean, he's been, he's been nails the whole time. 
the move to the SEC, you know, and I, Castiglione, as far as I'm concerned, could be the athletic director at the University of Oklahoma uh, for 30 more years if he wants to be, right? I mean, stay uh, stay as long as you want. But uh, once Oklahoma's safely in the SEC a couple years down the road or, or quickly, how much longer do you think Josie's going to want to keep doing this at OU? Man, that's a good question. Um, he is, what, 75, 76? No, not him. No, he's 63, 64, right? He's not in his 70s, obviously. He's he's in his 60s. You know, most American, you know, the theory is retirement age is in your 60s, right? Uh, he could go forever. He's still got the energy. You see him at the uh, – um, you see him at the coaches' caravans, holding the guitar. You know, you see him on the sidelines, big smile, moving. I mean, he's got plenty of energy. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, do you kind of, Josh? Do you kind of treat it like a going out on top situation with moving to the SEC, or do you think he's he feels like, hey, look, now that we've got to this, I want to enjoy the SEC. Now that we've gotten here, I think I think he's got if he wants it. I think he's got another, yeah, probably 10 years left in him. What do you think? It, it Absolutely. If, if he wants to go for 10, 15 more years, I think he could do that. And, you know, change is an interesting thing in the sense that maybe it feels like, hey, mission accomplished, got us to the SEC, that's my final feather in the cap for Josie. Or Which he does it could put feathers in way. his cap. He does put feathers in his cap, so if he was looking for <laughs> yes. one, this would be the one. The captain of Oklahoma, the uh, king of the Sooners, yes, does do just that. Maybe it's maybe it's the extra bit of juice to keep going, right? Maybe it's just so exciting that uh, that you don't want to step away. Yeah, and and that's how I would see it, but I mean. At 65, been here since 98, I mean, been been an AD for, what, 30 years because he was in Missouri before? I mean, it, at that point, it's what more is there for you to gain and what other opportunities are out there. I think Josie is, for most people's money, a top three AD in the country, at, like at the lowest top three. And I don't know what order you would necessarily put him in, but at minimum, he's top three. I mean, there are other opportunities uh, out there. What if another governing body replaces the NCAA and they and they tap Joe C to run it? Right? That would be a guy oh, I would trust to run something like that. He'd be a great candidate. He'd be a great candidate. I mean, other things that are, you know, happening in college football that need leadership. I think he's been on the playoff committee. He's widely respected. He oversaw this move to the SEC and really lit the match or lit the fuse on it. I think that he would be, I mean, again, a top candidate for whatever a bigger even position is going forward in the sport. Zach Selman, is that the is that the succession plan if and when that day comes? Man, you know, that's there, there are some theories, right? I mean, you look at Zach Selman, obviously he's got that golden last name, big old smile. 
Um, he's getting some training right now, of course, now in the SEC. And a lot of people, I think, uh, assume that that was kind of part of the plan, right? The behind-the-scenes, behind-the-curtain plan was, hey, Zach, go take an AD job in the SEC, get your feet wet, get some experience being in the SEC as an AD, and then when Joe C., whenever it is, you know, whether it's a year from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now, you know, we'll have you essentially groomed to be the next AD. So it could be him. Um, you know, it could be in any number of people, really. I mean, it could be a guy like Michael Alford, Alford uh, who was a, the Florida State athletic director. I mean, he was at OU from 2012 to 2017 um, and, you know, oversaw a lot of uh, the improvements there, did some fundraising there. Uh, for new facilities. I mean, that's a guy with, you know, some really good AD experience and uh, could head back this way. He was at Central Michigan after he was at Oklahoma. Uh, but I think those two are probably the big names. I'm not sure if they have anybody in-house right now that they would move up into that role because you wouldn't necessarily have anybody with any athletic department experience. And the text line's already getting going on it. Stoops. Old Bob Stoops taking over. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that press conference would be a lot of fun, but hey, I, I think I think those are some common names you'll see on the text line. Stoops, Zach Selman, obviously, um, but from the 214 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. New commissioner of the SEC, Joe Castiglione. They're 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 pushing out Greg well, Sankey. That- well, that's an interesting thought too, right? Is how how much longer does Greg Sankey want to operate as the SEC commissioner? Though business pretty good in the SEC right now with uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming aboard and national championships rolling in left and right in football for the conference. And I don't know that uh, you know as we look at the overall picture of college athletics, I'm looking at the ACC and I'm not necessarily looking next week, but. Next couple of years down the road, there might still be some ACC dominoes to fall the SEC's direction when it's all said and done. Does Sankey want to stick around for that? Or, you know, again, from, from his perspective, is a lot of the, the hard work done and it's time to just go enjoy other things? I, I don't know how – you tell me. I mean, how stressful is it right now to be the SEC commissioner? It's got to be – I mean, look, it's a – I'm not going to sit here and say it's some sort of an easy job. It's obviously – uh, a big-time position, but in terms of uh, commissioners across college football, SEC commissioner, pretty nice little uh, cozy spot to be in, I would think. I mean, knowing that you have the sport's best teams uh, and, and been on the most dominant run, yeah, it gives you a bit of comfort. I'm not sure. You know, it lets you operate knowing that you can move forward aggressively or you can kind of stand pat and, and things aren't going to unravel. It's not like a your mark situation where you've got a the house is on fire and you've got to put it out and try and rebuild it to where it's still livable. It's not like the Pac-12 where you're in danger of completely, you know, evaporating. It's not like the ACC where you've got your two biggest, you know, breadwinners in Florida State and Clemson looking to leave. Like I said, I mentioned Michael Alford. I mean, that's a guy that's trying. He was the one behind that hundred and or he is the one behind that $120 million J.P. Morgan, you know, capital fund that's trying to raise money to get out of the ACC. I mean, when you've got schools, Josh, 
that are actively raising money to get out of their contract with you, that's got to be a bad, that's got to be a real bad feeling. So, I mean, Sankey, yeah, I'd imagine that he, while maybe comfort isn't the best word, uh, I would say um, confidence. We'll, we'll call it confidence that he's feeling. But, no, I think, and also I think that's a time. If you wanted to go get Mike Alford, he would not have to worry about the future of Florida State anymore. He could go to a school that's comfortably within the SEC. So, just interesting things to think about. Because, like I said, as much as we want Joe C. to be here until he's 110, I'm not sure he's going to want to be here until he's 110. No, and, you know, something like the transition to the SEC being completed, it makes you wonder. And not to put one tea leaf together with another. I mean, obviously what's going on at Ohio State has uh, really no bearing on the University of Oklahoma, right? Uh, but Gene Smith just – it gets it gets the the mind turning a little bit uh, about is there is there an end in sight anytime soon? Or, again, I, I just – to me, the, the SEC thing could be so exciting for Josie that he's – I, I want to see this thing uh, – forward for a long period of time and i hope that's the case for oklahoma and castiglione the 806 i think has probably the pulse of sooner nation the best the 806 says let's not even talk about josie moving on we love him oh absolutely we do absolutely we do and, and nobody's suggesting that he should by any means it's it's just a it's a reality that one day we're going to have to face and all this conference realignment and everything like that i mean there there are times that are that are transformational across the whole sport so and Josie was on this morning so I mean he's it's a it's a it's a heavy Josie day <laughs> on these airwaves uh, I like this from the Frisco Indeed. Sooner on the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line uh, to me Josie is such a classy guy I don't think he would step down before he owned OU's decision to move to the SEC what I mean by that is if OU struggles in the SEC he is going to own that same is true if they are successful I think I, th- I think that's a good point um, to where he's gonna he's gonna I think want to see it through for a little bit. Captain Willard says I don't think Program Bob would take the AD slot unless we had to have him on an interim basis. There's a reason he's not in the National Football League. AD here is a lot of work. Yeah, I mean it's it's a full time gig. I, I don't see that happening. It's fun to think about. And I don't know, maybe I'm dead wrong on this, but I just uh, I don't see that being a I don't see that being a reasonable fit at all for either party. No, I think Bob has a perfect job right now coaching in the XFL, you know, still gets to watch uh, watch his boy play. Uh, He's he's having a lot of fun doing it. He's being successful at it. Obviously, he is the champion of the league. I think he's uh, I think he's excited about his current role. Uh, I don't think he's look. I don't think he's looking to sit at a desk. I'll just put it that way. I think he. I think he likes having you know, that set it, off. It's uh, worth. I think you and I just kicking around. You probably got to talk about it maybe earlier this week uh, with Tyler, but uh, maybe you didn't. the The thoughts of Bob Stoops, what he said about the Pac-12, I thought was pretty interesting this week. We can revisit that this hour. But, uh, yeah, if you missed Joe Castiglione this morning with uh, Toby, that's uh, obviously up on the podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click that podcast link. Or wherever you consume podcasts, you can hear the full Joe C. interview with T-Row today. And might I friendly advertise uh, 
uh, for T-Row right here that uh, the day before the season kicks off, it'll be Joe C. Day on the T-Row in the morning show where he sits down and talks the, the whole show. More elongated detail about some of the craziness this week and the past couple of years in college athletics. But I, I do want to share just a little bit of, of the uh, conversation this morning with you. Here was Joe Castiglione, and uh, the question from Toby was, hey, <laughs> are you excited for this season? Oh, very much so. Very much so. It's, there's so much to, uh, you know, to focus on, primarily because, you know, we've got a lot of exciting players that uh, we got to see develop last year that are back, but a whole lot of new ones. And I know you've been practicing some of their names. Right. <laughs> I know that uh, you'll be challenged in the booth, but uh, they're great, great guys, great players. The work ethic has been fantastic. Uh, their preparation, being around them is just, it's really special. I'm, uh, I'm excited. What do we have, 20-some days before the season starts, so can't wait for it to get here. 23 days away, right, from, from kicking this thing off for uh, Oklahoma Crazy. It's getting really close. And, of course, as he should be, the – Athletic director at the University of Oklahoma, Joe Castiglione, who joined Toby Rowland this morning. You can catch the entirety of that interview on the podcast page for KREF. Uh, he's excited. He, he's excited about what uh, is ahead for Oklahoma. I wanted to play to Josie's reaction, and again, he'll join Toby here in uh, just a few short weeks for the entirety uh, of Toby's show for Josie Day. It's an annual annual uh, event really that we get to put on right here on the home of sooner fans where joe castiglione's first of all gracious enough with his time to uh join toby Rowland for uh the entirety of the show but then uh, open enough to talk about a bunch of really interesting topics he'll he'll probably fully dive into the craziness that has been uh, the last several weeks in uh, and several years in college athletics but he shared a, a couple of his thoughts this morning let's play that with you next plus more camp talk it's uh the final hour of the plank show right here on a friday home of Sooner fans back with you after this it is a dubious anniversary do you know what happened three years ago today travis three years ago today Oh man! Um, I know I, I'm putting the, I'm putting you on the spot here, so I apologize for that. It's not uh, it's not totally Oklahoma related, but it is college football related. Now go ahead. I'm reading a headline from three years ago, August 11th, 2020. Big Ten cancels college football season for fall 2020. Hopes oh. to play in spring 2021. Wild times. Wild times. Look how far we've come. Look how far <laughs> we've come. Yeah, that's uh that's a tough headline. Do you have uh do you have that set up on your uh you know, this date in history type situation going on, or was it in your memories? No, it uh no, it just popped up on the uh, social media timeline. I saw Barrett Salee uh, dunking all over the Big Ten <laughs> put the the tweet out about it. It's <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? to think uh kevin warren was not a popular guy at that moment in time and then really kind of backtracked and played the season and it it wasn't uh it wasn't a great look and then 
you got the whole alliance and we're shaking hands and this and that. And then you go poach the two biggest brands from the Pac-12 in USC and UCLA. And lo and behold, now we fast forward a little bit further and you've got Oregon and Washington. Kevin Warren totally, uh, he just totally reshaped the way that he would be regarded in Big Ten circles from that point forward. Yeah, well, and wasn't it, it was Nebraska, right, that basically, you know, stood up and said, no, we're, we're going to play. We're going to play no matter what. They, they were, they were kind of leading the charge on that. Scott Frost in Nebraska, right? It's the one thing that we all can get behind and support Scott Frost and Nebraska on. Yes, he, he and Nebraska said, no, we're playing a football schedule, and if we have to go outside the Big Ten to do it, we're playing a football schedule. And uh, if I remember correctly, it really didn't even, it really didn't work out that way for Nebraska. <laughs> no, I bet they're looking back. I bet the Nebraska powers that be are thinking, "God, we should have shut up. We should have shut up, and just <laughs> we we could have we could have uh, we could have bought another uh, year of not being embarrassed by Scott Frost, or maybe it helped them get Matt Rule, get Scott Frost out the door." All roads lead to uh, to here, right, for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So. With that in mind, three years ago today, that's that's kind of crazy. It's been, again, a lot of changes in college uh, sports. And Joe Castiglione this morning joined Toby Rowland and, and talked about just that. He was asked by Tiro, hey, the, uh, the latest realignment moves in college athletics, what do you make of it? Well, candidly, there are a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, as, as you know... Uh, We've been on all sides of this, and uh, it's it's never easy. And uh, yet, you understand uh, what's taken place and and decisions that have to be made. But that doesn't mean it's uh, it doesn't cause some issues. And the the part that really concerns me is uh, we've we've just seen some decisions that could have been made better not be made at a timely point when it, it might have made a difference for many more schools. Um, I'm not here to sit in judgment. People probably are doing that around what we did, and we understand that, but we're charged with doing what's right for the University of Oklahoma. And uh, when we made our decision back in uh, July of 21, uh, it was very strategic. Uh, it it didn't happen uh, overnight. You know, there were a lot of different uh, pieces of information that we processed over a period of time and, you know, saw the world in a certain way. And quite candidly, a lot of what we foresaw back then has taken place. So uh, in many ways, our forward thinking decision has been validated over and over again. And so I'm thankful, and I hope everybody around Oklahoma is thankful that our path forward is secure. And the future in the SEC is going to be very, very good, exciting, and uh, great for the University of Oklahoma. But we've done this, and I hope people always realize as much as our world is swirling and there's so much to talk about, Toby, that uh, involves a student-athlete, um, We've got to always, you know, remind people that keeping the student athlete at the forefront of all of our thinking and our decision making is 
is the number one thing. And uh, that's what we always do. I can um, sleep at night knowing that every decision we've made has been in their best interest, uh, our program's best interest, and our university's best interest, and the people that follow us. So we're going to work on focusing on Oklahoma and trying to make sure that our path is always great. Let's call it the, if you will, consolidation era of college athletics. And some would point the finger at Oklahoma, Travis, and say, okay, and Josie talked about that right here, that that Oklahoma and Texas got this thing started, and yet Oklahoma wasn't in the business of taking any chances, right? That uh, all of a sudden a bunch of schools relocated and this consolidation era happened, and OU was on the, the wrong side, a la of Florida State, a la a Clemson right now, Miami, you name it, out of the ACC where they're locked up in a grant of rights that, frankly, is not very good. They're not getting paid as much as these big-time schools going forward in college athletics. And when that's the case, you're giving up 30-some-odd million dollars each year to the opponents that you're tasked with going out and, and competing against and beating for national championships. So say what you want to say about Oklahoma and Texas's moves. It uh, it has been, I think, Joe C. is correct in saying that. They've been proven right on this deal. Yeah, I mean, first off, can we talk about that Grand Rights deal? Is that the most Scotty Pippen deal you've ever seen for the ACC? I mean, who who in their right mind negotiated that out to 2035? Uh, somebody that's not in their right mind. <laughs> yes, it was poorly done. I mean, yeah, it's you, you. Consolidation is a good word for it, for sure, because I think a lot of people assume, you know, I could probably fall into this camp, but I think a lot of people assume that we'll have an AFC NFC type setup eventually, um, with the Big Ten representing one power conference and the SEC representing another power conference, at least in football, um, and kind of the winners of those, maybe playing their own, maybe different league or, you know, this is all run by the TV network, so it depends on what they would like to see, of course, as the NCAA is a rudderless ship. But, Josh, is is the Grant of Rights deal essentially the only thing keeping us from something like that right now? I know I just called it, you know, idiotic, but is the Grant of Rights deal for the ACC right now, going through 2035, basically the only thing keeping us from like a two, a, a, a big two conference running everything? Probably so, yes. I would say that. And, you know, you tell me how important Notre Dame is uh, in this equation. I think probably both the Big Ten and SEC now are, hey, let's proceed without Notre Dame. We're sick of waiting on Notre Dame. If Notre Dame thinks that uh, they're important enough to – go get uh, in there negotiating as we speak, right, another deal with NBC, and maybe they'll get upwards of $60 million, uh, whatever payout keeps them comfortable per year on their own with NBC. But I think now probably the, the Big Ten and SEC are like, we're not totally going to wait on Notre Dame. And, yes, the, the big obstacle is probably that ACC grant of rights deal from this thing totally turning into a couple of 20-plus uh, super conferences. I mean, we're not far away right now. The Big Ten's got 18. Yeah, and and I'm not sure I've, got, I've gotten necessarily your kind of walked-out thoughts on this, but 
I mean, yeah, the Big Ten's at 18, but Sankey doesn't sound like he's real keen on adding a bunch. Like, you get that from his, his comments, right? He's at least posturing that way publicly. Now, whether or not, and keep in mind, if he's thinking additive thoughts going forward, he's with Florida State and with Miami and with Clemson, these are rival programs to existing members in the the SEC right now. So we we saw that firsthand with uh, not necessarily directly to OU, I guess, but uh, with Oklahoma and Texas's move to the SEC, guess who the big proponent against was? <laughs> the guess who the big opposition was was Texas A and M, right? They're the ones that tried to submarine it. So I don't know what to think. He sounds like yes, he's not in a hurry to do it, but am I going to take that totally at face value? No, I'm not. Well, it's tough, right? Because there's, you know, one of two things I believe will happen. One, Greg Sankey doesn't want to add teams, right? So the Big Ten ends up eventually buying out teams so they can bring in bigger ones. I'm looking at you, Rutgers. Um, I'm looking at you, Northwestern. Uh, next on that list would be Indiana, I'm guessing. And they want to add teams, right? So they want to add like a call it a Miami and a Clemson or something like that because I think their eventual play is to try and pull Notre Dame in by gobbling up a bunch of their rivals, you know, to try and incentivize Notre Dame to just say, hey, you know what, finally, just come on in here. You've been, you, f- you feel like a Big Ten team, might as well make it official. Or, or do you let the Big Ten gobble up Clemson and Florida State and then Greg Sankey's left there going, crap. I should have picked all all the good teams when I had the opportunity, and now I'm left with North Carolina and Virginia. I don't know. It's a tough crossroads. It is uh, pretty fascinating, though. I, I think we're a couple years away from it because of that grant of rights, but who knows, I mean, the way a lot of this stuff is gone. Do a break. I see you on the phone lines over there. Hang on. We'll get to you. Plus, uh, Bob Stoops, how close was it to the uh, Pac-12 for Oklahoma? And uh, anything you guys want to get into the rest of the way here, coming down the home stretch this week, it's the Plank Show back after this. Back with you, it's the Plank Show closing up shop just about here. Home of Sooner fans, at least our portion of it. Josh Elmer alongside Travis Davidson, Connor Pasby hanging out with us back in studio. And earlier this week, as always, one Bob Stoops joining the rush. This was... Pretty interesting as the, again, realignment happens in college sports. Bob Stoops sounded off on those uh, interesting, fateful days for Oklahoma's future where it sounded like at the time uh, the Pac-10 could be a possibility for Oklahoma. It didn't happen, and here's Bob Stoops' thoughts. They, I was confided in, in in several times in regard to it, and I, I felt us going that way would have ruined us. I, I definitely wasn't for it, and not that anybody in our camp was, but it had to be talked about. might have been around the time when A&M split or just shortly after that. So, in the end, um, we just don't – didn't feel we fit out there, didn't feel that would be best for our brand and our program, and I still will say that. And uh, so, anyway, I, I think we're in the right spot, and, and I, I can remember back – at that time, if we had the choice of either one, what would I want to do? And I, I was adamant that I'd want to go to the SEC. And I feel that's the absolute best for our brand and for where we're located, all of that. And don't feel like we fit 
very well in any of the other conferences geographically as well as the brand that we have. So we found the right spot, and uh, and we'll see what else continues to happen around the country, you know, with, with all these conferences. Well, there you go, Bob Stoops with the rush, Teddy and Tyler, in the uh, afternoon. I think uh, he nailed it, you know, all things considered, though there have been at times some panicky days for Oklahoma really dating back to 2010 when uh, Big 12 teams started moving out of the conference. Though there's been some shaky days, everything has led to Oklahoma to the SEC and the regionality of it, the cultural fit of it, what it adds to recruiting. I mean, everything is a win-win-win for Oklahoma in my estimation, Travis, though uh, the Pac-10 there for a blip on the radar was pretty exciting. As it all turns out, I think the, the perfect conclusion has been reached going forward for its longtime future for Oklahoma. Yeah, I like that Bob brought up multiple times the word brand and the brand that fits in the SEC. And this is a guy that, that coached at Florida, right? I mean, he, he knows the SEC, uh, knows the SEC brand, what it takes to win. And the fact he said he was adamant about if he had to choose between the two, the SEC would be the move. The SEC would be the move. That tells me, Josh, that this, I mean, long time coming, right? That once the, you know, had our eyes on the SEC ever since Bob was having these conversations all the way 10 years ago when we were talking about the Pac-12. So um, it just, it cracks me up that, you know, he was so involved in those talks and I don't feel like Lincoln probably was. I'm pretty sure Lincoln wasn't at USC either. It's just, that's just kind of funny to me. But the brand, you know what is is funny to me also? I think, I don't think Texas can quite say the same, Josh, because in my opinion, I think Texas feels a lot more like a Pac-12 school than it does an SEC school. And I say that because of the Olympic sports, they share their athletic department looks a lot like Stanford, um, a lot, a lot of swimming trophies and diving and a lot of track and field and, and, and this, that, and the other, um, they're, you know, kind of Austin kind of feels more and more like a West coast city, right? Um, you know, some of their, cultural differences of Oklahoma. I think Texas actually feels more like a PAC team than it does an SEC team, and I think the opposite for Oklahoma. You want to take a phone call before we call it a day? I mean, we could technically take multiple, but I think we've got True. Do we still have True hanging on the phone lines, Connor? Yep, we got True. Let's do it. So you got All right. So Let, you let's – let's. what's up, True? Sorry, we're dealing with the uh, – the radio delay but go ahead what's going on man so you're saying it's a liberal school in a conservative state is what you're saying well i mean i did i mean i didn't use any of those <laughs> words true i mean you yeah, can you. you can I hear did. what you want but i didn't say that now travis every every time i hear you on the phone i don't think i've ever talked to you before but every time i hear you i and and i know you're a lot younger than this guy but i think of george what is george schroeder doing on this on this station um <laughs> I, I, your voice sounds just like that to me. Anyway, that's um, a that's a high compliment, I would say. I'll take it. it. Is, I'll take it. It is. It is. I uh, I think OU fans. I think it's going to be really hard for Alabama fans to get this, but I think OU fans, college football fans, and the big schools in general, have got to get used to understanding that the future is not your dad's college football. 
you're going to lose a game or two every year, more than likely, um, with these conferences. And it's okay. You don't have to, you know, the days of, of, of losing early and, and still having a chance to win a national championship and losing late and not having a chance to, those days are, those days are over with. So I think, you know, and, and that, that kind of goes into the AFC, NFC thing you guys were talking about. But I think we, we can get past that and understand that, that, that more than likely the future holds a loss or two for everybody that's a, I'm talking about the OU, Alabama's, you know, USC's, those teams are going to have two losses going into the playoffs. I, I feel like this is just going to get more competitive and more competitive. But I was going to ask you, Travis, real quick. It seems like you know, you know, a lot of the inner stuff on the, on the big, like the SEC money situation and all that. I saw something about a year ago that said OU will make, and along with the other SEC programs, the projections for 2028 show OU tripling what they make right now, making right around 120 million a year. Are those numbers? Do you think those are correct, or was those blown up? You know, the the thing about numbers, true, is you know they're constantly changing based on additions and new TV deals and this that. Obviously, a heavy estimation uh, was used in that because you don't really specifically know. Um, but I do know I kind of go to, to brand value and such. I mean, the Oklahoma and Texas brand value addition to the SEC would suggest that the money would be would be up and around that number. I'm not sure if it's actually going to be that necessarily because keep in mind, I mean, we may find out in the next week or so that another team will be added or, you know, right. TV will be structured differently. Or, I mean, think of think of what has changed since that came out, True, I mean – the Pac-12 basically doesn't even exist anymore, you know. Right. I mean, the Big 12's oh, yeah. got 30 teams in it yeah. now somehow. I mean, it's it's so much changes, and with those dollar amounts, they can be found from so many different places, generated from so many different places. And also, like, right. when you see people saying, oh, OU is broke, look at this article. Well, okay, th- th- we're dealing with people having these conversations that don't understand that the athletic department right. budget is completely different than the actual school budget. So – when you get into these conversations, they quickly kind of come off the uh, come off the rails a bit. I do want to share um, a bit of a brand value stat from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, this comes from our our Texan friend Kyle Umlang. Um, so the Big Twelve lost what two billion dollars essentially um, in in brand value when they lost Oklahoma and Texas one point nine nine you know, billion dollars. Right. Well, then they added eight teams, and that got them $1.12 billion added. So losing Texas and OU and adding eight new schools cost the Big 12 $869 million in brand value. Again, that's Wall Street Journal. That's six days ago. True, that might not even be true today when we woke up. Well, and you got to split it, and you got to split those extra ways, too. Right, and that's one thing that I keep bringing up, Drew, is what, what is the cost of adding teams? We heard very early on that Oregon and Washington would actually not make fiscal sense to join the Big Ten because it would it would cut into the money because you can't keep on adding, you know, adding more teams if those teams aren't right. driving up right. that that value at least more than what they're going to be taking away in their cuts. So that's why I'm so curious. Everybody thinks it's a race to twenty, a race to twenty, a race to twenty. Well, I wouldn't be so sure. And, and, and how's Clemson and Florida State really going to get out of this, SC, or this ACC thing? Because, I mean, 
I understand they need it's it. the real world. I know. I, they I need it to collapse, True. That's the yeah, only yeah. way they can get out of it right now. Other than that, they're paying a big-time sum. Hey, we got to run, True. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a great weekend. You guys. All right, man. Okay, we'll do one final T.O., and we can hit some final thoughts on that. Maybe a text, and we'll be out the door. It's the Plank Show right here, home of Sooner fans. Back after this. Final time. We are back. Just want to toss out a couple of uh, final thank yous here. Well, first to my two guys, Travis Davidson to Connor Pasby. Appreciate each of you two for making uh, this week fun uh, right here on the Plank Show. And then, uh, obviously, to United Way of Norman for having us out. It's been uh, a great day here at Westwood Park for the, again, United Way Golf Tournament to support United Way of Norman, presented by Cavens Group. Just uh, in closing on some of those projection numbers we were talking about, listen to this. SEC expected this was uh this is from a little over a year ago it's from navigate who uh basically got hired to project what uh, maybe uh, payouts would look like march 14th 2022 by the year 2029 they uh they have the sec getting paid 105 million dollars per school so that's uh <laughs> that's the money that ou is gonna get travis thanks buddy have a good weekend connor thank you sir you guys uh Have great weekends, and to the Ref Army, everybody have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time. Don't go anywhere. Steelman and Thune at noon are next. See you, everybody.